The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, it looks like, according to some reports, that um, the political eulogy for Boris Johnson needs to get the dust blown off it because he has had some torrid appearances before parliamentary colleagues in relation to whether or not he willfully misled Parliament. And there is a possibility that this could end up with him facing a by-election uh, for a constituency or in a constituency where he hardly won with a landslide the uh, last time. For analysis on this, I'm joined by Will Hutton, political economist and writer for The Observer and for The uh, Guardian. So, Will, is Boris Johnson yesterday's man? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think uh, you don't. I mean, comebacks in politics are very rare um, and very rarely succeed. And um, I think last week was a kind of um, big moment in in, in British and, and arguably European politics. Um, <laughs> Richie Sunak had done this deal, the kind of, uh, Windsor proto, the Windsor framework. Um, I, everyone listening knows the story. I, you know, squaring the circle in Northern Ireland. And it was going to be the moment when um, Johnson and his people were going to kind of lead a very sizable rebellion of Tory MPs. In fact, that didn't happen. Um, only 22 MPs voted um, against the government to give a kind of unbelievable majority to the uh, uh, to the government because the Labour Party and the, and the SNP and the Liberal Democrats all voted with the government on this question. Um, and so you had this, it was a, a kind of major, major moment. And at the same time, you know, at literally at the same time, because the vote took place on Wednesday afternoon, in the middle of the afternoon, whilst Richie Sunak was playing cricket in the um, back garden of, um, of uh, number 10 Downing Street, funnily enough, he was having this grilling uh, by the Privileges Committee, <clears throat> where actually two Tory MPs, um, really, um, well, actually all the Tory MPs, in fairness to them, there was four Tory, it's a seven-strong committee, and four Tories on the, really took him apart. And, you know, the, the fact that um, uh, the assurances that he relied upon to say that he had not misled um, the House of Commons in a reckless way um, had come not from the civil service or independent officials, but by his two media advisers, and even then, he changed what they'd advised him. I mean, he hasn't got a leg to stand on. So there's no doubt that the Privileges Committee is going to reprimand him. The only question is whether the reprimand will be, you know, you have to leave the House of Commons for um, such a long period of time that that triggers a by-election in his constituency. But, I mean, the, the bigger point, and I'll stop talking now because I know you want to ask me questions, but the bigger point is that the bubble has gone out of the Brexit balloon. The bubble has gone out of Boris Johnson. He looks what he is, um, someone fighting for his political life from a very weak position. Well, this is the bit that I, I, I just wanted to get your view on, because what the Privileges Committee and the, the grilling that he has received, what it ultimately revealed was a pattern that we were already very familiar with, that Boris Johnson fabricates when it suits him and that he lies when it suits him. So why is this a significant holding below the waterline if it's part of a pattern that we and the electorate are familiar with for years? Because um, he's never had to justify it um, to a... Um, uh, uh, in any kind of process which has sanction on him, um, uh, apart from a general election, um, where, you know, that's not what you're voting on. And th what's happening now is that there is a, you know, the House of Commons has this internal process 
by which it says, you know, if a if it's been deliberately misled to, then you know the fabric of British democracy, which relies on kind of MPs, you know, telling the truth and that facts are kind of sacred in the House of Commons. Otherwise, you know, you're 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 led you're you're led a sorry dancers in a democracy. If that's proven, then actually, you know, it's no. I mean, you can say what you've just said, you know, that he's a proven liar, and I can say that, but you know. That's not the point. The point is, is that this is now involved in a process which has a sanction on him, which could bring his political career to an end. So that's why it's important. Talk to us about that range of sanctions. What what can he face? Well, the 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 the, the, the crucial um, thing is this ten day make is, is this ten day kind of threshold. If um, the Privileges Committee say stay away from the Palace of Westminster for longer than ten days under British constitutional practice, that permits um, uh, the citizens in his constituency, which is Uxbridge in West London, near near London Heathrow Airport, um, if, you don't, if you're not sure of the geography, um, which is a marginal constituency. I mean, he only has a majority, um, you know, in the, in the thousands, not the tens of thousands. And actually, since he won it, the more and more kind of liberal people from central London have moved out there. So it's become a real marginal. Um, if 15% of the electorate sign a petition saying we want to recall you because you've been suspended from um, the House of Commons and have a fresh election because we want to uh, put another MP in in your place because we've lost confidence in you, then he faces a by-election. And then he has a number of options. <clears throat> he can either decide to fight it, and he, he's, he said he will, although, frankly, the opinion poll suggests he'd lose it. Um, uh, or you can say, I'm going to walk away from this. You know, I've been, I've been done over by a kangaroo court. Um, it's all illegitimate. Uh, and I'm not going to go into the wilderness. And, uh, you know, the people of Britain will swing behind me because I'm the man. But uh, the, the idea that people of Britain will swing behind him is kind of uh, l- ludicrous. I mean, he's not a very popular politician, actually. I mean, there's, he's wildly overstated, in my view. And he, he arouses as much kind of antipathy and, and genuine dislike as he does affection. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, watch this space. The um, Police Committee isn't going to report, it said, until June or July. I don't know whether they may bring that forward, in which case you'd have to go through the whole um, business of actually you know, g- gathering the petition to, to recall him in, in Uxbridge, which would take two or three months. And then you'd have a by-election in the autumn. But that's, that's the kind of process you're looking at. He has long been described as the, the pound shop Donald Trump. And if you look at the Donald Trump playbook, what he has revealed is that there is a huge advantage in being seen to just be in the fight, whether or not there is a prospect in reality that you might win it. Although who knows with Donald Trump whether or not he will. Does the same therefore not apply to Boris Johnson? Is he not hugely incentivized to do the I am the beleaguered underdog, I'll fight every possible election, I will do everything I can to keep the lens and the focus on me? There's there's a truth in what you've just said, but I I, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm not sure that um, things looking that bright for Donald Trump actually. Um, uh, I mean, uh, my view is is that he's uh, on the verge of becoming yesterday's man as well. Actually, um, you you can't you that in the end, um, you know, uh, he may think it's wonderful um, to be arrested and a, and a sign that the establishment is after him. But the actual case on which he's being arrested, that he actually bribed a porn star 
not to say they'd had an affair uh, is, you know, a lot of people in middle America, which is a very conservative place, won't think that's brilliant. Um, so if that's the first thing, not every, it depends, I think, a bit about what you're in the public eye for, um, not just being in the public eye. Um, and then secondly, um, uh, you know, there's a, Brexit was a thing. There was a moment in time um, in 2016 where, you know, for particular conjuncture of circumstances, this country voted to leave the European Union. I am absolutely sure that if there was a referendum this June, that we'd vote 60-40 to stay in the European Union. And even had the, even had the referendum been delayed by a year or two, we'd have, <clears throat> the Remainers would have probably won it. And actually, the, the whole, I can't tell you how, um, the degree to which everybody, even some of the most ardent Brexiters, are just sick to death of it. They're sick to death of the European Research Group, they're sick to death of the self-important people who stand in front of the cameras saying, you know, sovereignty is all. They're sick to death of having poisonous relationships with Europe, without, frankly, with Ireland. Um, <clears throat> we, we just don't, you know, it's, we want to move on. And it's all um, yesterday's battles, yesterday's men, yesterday's issues. It's not forward-looking. We're tired of it. I mean, there's a tremendous sense of that. Even amongst, as I say, some of the Brexiters in the Conservative Party, who all voted, some of them held their nose and voted with the government because that's how they felt. Do you think that if it does come to pass that Boris Johnson's political career is over, does he care or is he eager to go and continue feathering his nest? <laughs> well, I mean, um, there's a relationship between the two of them. I mean, uh, uh, paying a lot of money um, to go and hear him speak <coughs> um, uh, is it's one thing if he's um, a voice in the wilderness who, like Winston Churchill, is going to come back as Britain's prime minister. That's one thing. Another thing is if uh, he really is a pound shop, Nigel Farage, um, and then his, his price tag goes down. So feathering his nest may become harder for him um, if he's out of the public eye and if he's not actually seen as a potential kind of comeback prime minister. So, you know, he, uh, but I, I think you care. I mean, I, you know, he, he is passionate about himself and his career and it, about someone who wanted to kind of, you know, be king of the world. Um, and that, that kind of voracious virus, which that demon inside him isn't going to go away. So, you know, I'm, sh I'm absolutely sure that he's going to kind of perform antics uh, at the margins of British politics um, for the foreseeable future. But uh, he isn't going to have the same purchase on it. He may not even get his column back on the Daily Telegraph so quickly, and they certainly won't pay him a quarter of a million pounds a year um, to read his effusions. I mean, I, you know, in that you can you can just feel, you know, you can feel the air going out of the balloon. Will Hutton, thank you very much. That is Will Hutton, there, political economist and writer for the Observer and for the Guardian. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.